Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And welcome to Second Half Now. Today's show is called When Boomers and Beyonders Get Involved, Good Things Happen. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. Good to see you again, Denise. Well, good to see you, Dan. Ready for another show? I sure am. And this is a good one. I'm so excited. Of course, we say that about everyone, don't we? I know we do. They're all good. But that's because God makes really wonderful people. Absolutely. And we're kind of doing a new thing today because our guest is not in studio. Uh, remote hookup. Uh, are you on the moon, Don, or uh, where are you exactly? Uh, somewhere south of you. I think it's called <laughs> Phoenix, Arizona. All right. Okay. So, folks, today we're talking with our special guest, Don Parrott, who has been helping boomers and beyonders get plugged into meaningful ministry and service opportunities for many years. And we're on the phone with Don, who is in Phoenix, as uh, he said, and we're going to be learning a lot today about why boomers and beyonders love to get involved how they go about finding ways to serve, and what happens when they do. So, hello again, Don, and welcome to Second Half Now. Well, hello to both of you, and uh, it's my privilege. Looking forward to spending some time with you guys today. Denise has not met you in person, but I had occasion to a few months ago when you were out here at the Mission Connection Conference. Uh, Was that uh, January? When was that? January, correct. Yeah, okay. So I want to tell the folks here that uh, I saw the program for Mission Connection, and I looked through there, and I thought, you know what, most of this is uh, international or foreign missions and stuff, and um, I know a lot of people just love that, and I value that a whole lot, Uh, but uh, it wasn't something that I was actually going to attend. But when I looked through the program and I saw here is one workshop by a guy who's going to talk on this subject, Why We Baby Boomers Think the Way We Do. And I was attracted to that because that's what our show is all about, and that's really what my ministry is in this life, and that is to help boomers and beyonders find those ways to connect and how to, uh, to be in the kind of uh, physical and financial and spiritual and mental, emotional uh, situation so that they really can make a difference at this stage in life. So I, I drove all the way from... Don, I guess you used to live in Portland, so you would understand this, from the Mount Scott area all the way out to Sunset Presbyterian, just for that one workshop. And it was yours, and it was very well <laughs> worth it. was it worthwhile? It was very much worthwhile. Oh, well, goodness. and I told you on the, uh, on the phone, it's not only just uh, getting that content, because I was very intrigued by the title, but also I met a friend in you. And I really appreciated the way that you handled that topic, and it gave me lots of uh, resources to go with from there. And we've been dialoguing a little bit back and forth, and I wanted to uh, get you on the show so our listeners can uh, be tuned in, not so much with that topic, why we think the way we do, but how can we get plugged in? How can we live a life of purpose and meaning and direction so that we can honor God and bless others around us in this life? And so that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's the, uh, the introduction, and that's uh, the way that we met, and uh, we're very happy to have you on the show today. Well, hi, Don. You know, um, I want to take this time to just say thank you for being on our on our show today. Um, 
So thank you. The well, other thing that I'm excited about is that you just you just are one of those people that even uh, speaking with you remotely, the enthusiasm you have for life and for following God's leading in life, you just exude that. So I want to jump right in and have our audience hear some of the ways in which you have followed the Lord's leading in your life. Is that an okay place to just jump right into with you? Uh, I think that'd be, yeah, that'd be great. Um, so, yeah, I'll fill you in a little bit on how the Lord's led. Um, earlier years, uh, like a lot of younger people coming out of school, I got involved in youth ministry, first in Spokane. Um, uh, so I'm from Washington State, uh, first of all, but then uh, lived in Oregon for a while as well in Portland. Went to Multnomah and went to uh, Cascade College, both of those uh, in Portland. Did youth ministry for a few years, uh, then got involved in uh, Christian Camp and Conference Center up in uh, Bellevue, Washington, called Camp Sambica. Was there for a few few years. Went back into church work uh, as, as a music pastor and then as a missions pastor. Was in that church for about uh, 15 years. And it was during that time that God really spoke to uh, my wife and I and uh, said, and your next assignment's overseas. Um Kind of a surprise to us, always interested in that possibility, but had four children um, from about 11 down to four, and um, were a little challenged by that possibility of living overseas with our family. But that was clearly God's call, and we obeyed, and we served uh, for a number of years in Latin America um, in several different roles, then uh, back to work in the headquarters of that same mission organization, um, then one day the Lord said, your next role is to give leadership to uh, a mission organization, which I did for five years, uh, a group called Paraclete Mission Group. And then um, early on in our time back in the States, there was this movement started called Finishers Project, which was aimed at baby boomers, primarily with the focus of putting them into missions roles, but really um, in, a, in, a, in a larger context, uh, doing what you're saying we want to talk about today, and that is just challenging baby boomers to invest themselves and all that God has put into their lives at that particular stage for the good of his kingdom and all the people around them um, in those latter years of life. And so Ellie and I, my wife and I, got involved with this kind of volunteer group doing this thing called Finishers Project, and then one day it was time to kind of uh, ramp that up and form a nonprofit and really... Um, really concentrate on challenging baby boomers to take next steps in their life. And so um, I left the Paraclete group and went full-time in giving leadership to uh, Finishers Project, and so we formed a nonprofit. And so for a number of years, that's what we've been doing. We've been trying to um, concentrate not just on boomers now, we can concentrate on a number of, number of other groups as well. The whole idea is to take what God's building into your life and look for how he could use that for great kingdom purposes. That may mean staying right where you are, but being intentional about it, uh, impacting others with your life. And it may be going somewhere else and doing that as well, depending on what God has for you. So we don't try to script that for people. We just try to lay out a challenge for um, them to invest themselves well, um, particularly for the boomers, because we believe that God has uniquely prepared this group of people um, to do something significant at this time in history. So... Um, that's a, uh, a bit of an overview of some of the uh, broader steps along the way and what 
brings us to what we're talking about today. Thank you for that uh, survey there, Don. What I wanted to affirm is that I know you've said it in different ways at different times, and that is where we are today, each of us individually, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, where we've been, that we are uniquely um, experienced and gifted uh, to be about what God has called us to do. There's nobody else like us. There's no other time like us. And so every individual, uh, you and Denise and myself, as well as uh, listeners, they can take a look at their life and they say, here I am today, and God has built into my life the very kinds of things that I can use now to serve him in some very specific ways. And I like your word, intentional, uh, because they don't just necessarily come to us. We need to be intentional and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to uh, get up off the couch. I'm going to uh, rearrange some things in my life, and I'm going to be about what God has called me to do. And uh, that's an exciting turn in life, wouldn't you say? Definitely, definitely. And I think that's one of the um, great privileges of, of being in the boomer generation, because um, we have that DNA built into us, and we want to make a difference and do something and invest our lives well. And so being intentional about how to do that, I think, is cooperating with God. Um, one of one of my favorite principles about the way we look at life is that there are always two perspectives on what we're doing. One is the perspective of the, the needs now. So we're doing it to fulfill the present objectives and needs and necessities around us, whatever that might be in our work or our families, our social life, and so forth. But another um, perspective I think is very important for us, and sometimes or not, often we don't think about it, and that is whatever we're doing now is also preparation for something in the future. Oh, yeah, right, good and point. And I think that's a wise perspective for all of us to have. We don't know what that's going to be in the future. That's not our call. But God knows. And so it's not that he just has us fulfilling things right now, but he knows that in doing those, there are certain things about all of that that's getting us ready for a next assignment down the road. So my encouragement to all of us is, whatever you're doing right now, do it well, because um, otherwise you're going to be prepared for the next assignment. Wow. <laughs> that's very good. Like and you know, Don, as one who works with uh, young adults, I'm looking at the title of your book right now, I Want to Make a Difference Now. And that so speaks to our generation, but on the other hand, it also speaks to the younger folks coming up who need that encouragement that sometimes it isn't now. But exactly what you said, sometimes we need to do what's right in front of us and just keep on doing it well because we don't know what lies up ahead. Yeah, that's exactly true. And so uh, you're right. That principle applies to any stage in life. And the sooner in life I think that we catch on to that, uh, the better equipped we are for the path that uh, the journey God has for us. And, Don, you've said some things uh, along the lines of uh, we as boomers are— we we have sort of a, a special calling or a sense of significance and purpose, maybe that even goes beyond that of the previous generation, our parents. And so can you tell us a little bit about that, what you've learned about our desire and our longing for significance and uh, doing things that matter in this life? Yeah, sure. Well, you know, and I won't go into the all the reasons uh, behind that, what's formed our DNA, but any of us as boomers can think back to our Young, our high, late high school days, uh, early college days, and all the things that were going on at that particular time in the history of our country. Right. Um, really, uh, just to summarize that, um, there was a lot of turmoil. And coming out of that turmoil in our adult-forming years, one of our natural responses was to want to make things better and to do it differently than what we were experiencing at that time. 
excuse me, one of the things I've, uh, ways I've described the boomer generation is kind of like a slow rolling tsunami. <laughs> and, and we were that yeah. because we were so, there were so many of us. And when we hit the college campuses and all of the things when we started moving into adulthood, um, our country really wasn't ready for us in a number of ways. And the sheer magnitude of numbers, this tsunami of people, started to um, make some change. And some of it was really hard. And so this turmoil um, caused us to take a different look at the future and wanting to make it better. You know, we did a research project early on in Finishers, and, you know, there are about 12 million Christ followers of the boomer generation. And one of the high points of the research was about um, half of those people, a little over half, said that if they could see a clear and compelling vision for how they could make a difference in the next stage of their life, they would want to do that. They would even leave their present role oh, in okay. order to take that step. So that's six million people who are Christ followers who are saying, yeah, show me how I could invest my life for the betterment of people around me or wherever. And I will seriously consider that step. So that's part of the of what we see as we talk with boomers. And when I did the research to write the book, just story after story after story of people that said, I had this restlessness. I knew I wanted to do something else. I just didn't know what or where or how. And when I started to be serious about that and committed to prayer, doors started to open and uh, we, we made a difference. We changed. We're doing something else now that we never thought we would do before. Wow, that's powerful. I want to get a little perspective on the numbers here. Uh, the... the um information that I've been working with for some time is that our baby boomer generation born between 1946 and 64, so uh, the latest of the, the youngest of the boomers, uh, wait a minute, 46, 64, yeah, the late, the youngest of the boomers turned 50 last year. Anyway, so, yes. and there's 78 or 76 million of us all together, at least there were, Right, uh, minus right. Yeah, those just who, over seventy-eight million at the high point. Right, and so what you're saying is the twelve million are what, and I like your term. It's not just church attenders or Christians, but you call them Christ followers. I think that's yeah. very significant. Can you unpack that uh, word for us a little bit? Well, I, I choose that because that kind of uh, focuses in on um, understanding Jesus, who he is, what he did in his death and resurrection for us, right. as opposed to just being a Christian, which is used in some broad terms, um, or a churchgoer, um, and I'm not trying to speak down to any of those things, I'm just trying to be real clear about the fact sure. that we're talking about people that understand who Jesus is and have committed their lives to him. Right. Oh, yeah, that's very clear. I like that. I appreciate that. And so what you're saying, Don, is that you have uh, discovered and unearthed and experienced in our generation that we really do want to participate in things that matter. And if we could make a difference, we would make adjustments in our life now. That's what we're seeing. And that's our audience. That's the people who are listening to us. That's the people who will listen to our podcast and go to our website. They say, there's something about, there's something in me, a boomer and a beyonder would say, there's something in me that wants to, wants to make a difference in this life. So I, I really appreciate that. We do have your book right here. And um, I'm noticing on the cover that the word now is italicized so as to uh, have, and I think Denise read it exactly right. There was some emphasis yeah. on that word now. I want to make a difference. Yeah, I want to make a difference, but your book says, I want to make a difference now. Yes. Well, um, yeah, that's one of, kind of what captured me after um, talking to so many people and working with so many people over a few years before I wrote the book. Um, 
And that was what I said a minute ago. If they could find, see a compelling uh, vision for how they could invest their lives, they would take that step now instead of waiting for retirement. Now, a lot of people do and have to, and that's perfectly fine, waiting until retirement, whatever that means. Um, historically, it's meant uh, 60, when you turn 65. That's all blurred now, and we understand that. So the point isn't so much the word retirement or the year 65. The point is at some spot in our future, life will be different because of our work needs, our family needs, our financial needs. And so whatever that spot is, we are thinking about making maybe doing something different then that is significant with our lives, not just playing golf, although playing golf could be great, but not just playing golf, but really finding ways to invest all that God has built into us over these years because we have a wealth of knowledge and experience and wisdom that we just want to uh, make good use of. And even if we can't uh, sell our house and pack our bags and go to uh, Africa, uh, we could do something. We could make a small adjustment in our schedule and in our priorities and time commitments now, even if we're still working, even if we have other commitments, but we can rise up and do something of significance now. Absolutely. And there are a lot of avenues for that. If you want to, at some point in this, uh, we can talk about that. But, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Great. You know, and it makes me think of right now that word significance. And and certainly uh, there are those cultural things that have created that desire in our, in our culture. Um, that's a little bit double use there. Sorry about that. But in other words, in, in the world around us. But at the same time, we can also grab hold of that and understand that God did indeed make us for significance. So when we turn that desire to wanting to be significant for the Lord, then we get a whole different uh, combination of forces. It's not our significance. We're wanting us to be used to bring the Lord's significance in front of people. That's how I'm hearing what you're saying today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. Don, I want to ask you about uh, the biblical foundation for us to hear the calling to live a life of purpose and service. And uh, we'll get right back to that after our break. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland, Vancouver metro area at no cost to you or your family. You can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. 
And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. We love our sponsors, and we want to say thank you to the two that you just heard about, Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. We also want to mention on the air our other sponsors, 24-7 Properties, 180 Cashflow Strategies, and Northwest Web Construction Company, along with our institutional partners, Warner Pacific College and Multnomah University. So, Don, you've had a chance to uh, to think about that question, and I know it's going to rattle right off of uh, the top of your head anyway, even without a commercial break. But um, it's not just that we uh, feel uh, a desire to make a difference. It's not that we are in a place where we're looking around and saying, okay, now I can do something meaningful. But there actually is a biblical foundation for our calling to live a life of purpose and service. And how would you how would you share that with us briefly, the biblical foundation for what we're talking about? There are two verses that come to mind, first of all. Um, and then there's the whole big picture of just making disciples. I mean, Jesus' method was pretty significant. Um, right. It's interesting that we are all excited about mentors these days, and that's essentially what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it started from him to the initial apostles and right on down through history to us. But aside from that, let me mention a couple of verses. One is Acts 17. 26, which says, from one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. So I would just say to your listeners, it's not by accident that you are where you are right now at this particular time in history, and it's not by accident that God had you born into the generation you are born into. If you happen to be a boomer, listen to this, born in that particular 18 year span of history in North America. Now, I think that is significant, because as this verse says, God determined the times for you and where you should live. And as I said earlier, I believe God has been uniquely preparing this particular generation for this time in history. He's built all kinds of things into us and given us health and wealth and wisdom, and that resource he has designed to make a difference in this world at this particular needy time in history. The other verse that I think is really powerful for just kind of a foundation concept is Ephesians 2.10, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with, for we are God's handiwork, his specialty, his special creation. It's translated in a number of different ways in different translations. God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us 
can do. That's a great And that's verse. why I'm excited mm, about thinking about not only what we're doing presently, but the fact that there's a future for every one of us. And mm. God has prepared good works for us in advance. Those are things that he has assigned for us to do because we happen to be born at this time in history and live in this particular place in the world. That, to me, is biblical foundation for us saying, okay, God, here I am. What are the good works you have for me? I'm ready and willing to obey. I like that. You know, I hate to announce that our time is just about up. Uh, But fortunately, we have part two, which will go onto our website as a podcast. And so, Don, as we kind of wrap these thoughts up, and I so appreciate you being with us, and you're going to hang on uh, and carry over with us to the to the part two, is that right? Sure. Okay. Yep. And all, on that other side, we're going to talk about um, uh, what a boomer can actually do at this uh, stage of life, and we're going to okay. hear about a couple of people maybe that you know of who have kind of walked that journey, who have picked up that uh, that mantle and said, you know what, I'm. Sure. we are going to make a difference. So yeah. we'll um, do it. Yeah. Any uh, final word to those who are listening on the radio right now? Well, I think just just the encouragement of what I've been and kind of leading up to, and that is um, it's a privilege that we are at this time in history in this particular generation. We are a privileged generation, and it's not just for our own benefit. It's because God has built into us things that he wants to use to make a difference in the lives of people locally and anywhere around the world. You know, Don, thank you so much for that. Ephesians 2.10 really does speak to my heart, and I thank you for reminding us about that because it is a privilege. Each one of us is privileged to do work for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's been laid out for us. Thank you for that reminder. Just that in itself serves an incredible encouragement to me and for our audience. Excellent. And there is so much more for us to cover, so we want our listeners to be sure uh, to go online, you have to go to secondhalfnow.com and dial that up and uh, grab part one and part two uh, that are on our, uh, uh, what's it called, uh, previous shows? or There's some kind of a posting there, and we're in transition with the website itself. So, folks, I wanted to encourage you. This is uh, the radio portion here. I want you to uh, make a point of tuning in every Monday, 530 to 6 p.m., right here, KKPZ 1330. And then, of course, you want to go to uh, secondhalfnow.com, which is available 24-7, around the clock, day or night, in your pajamas, or whenever you want to listen to it, you can do that. If you have questions about today's topic or uh, suggestions for other guests or topic, uh, then you can let us know. And you can submit a contact form uh, on the website, just going to secondhalfnow.com. So I want to thank you for listening today. This is Second Half Now. A radio show for boomers and beyonders. That's us, the 50-plus crowd, and we're bringing to you tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. So let's continue our conversation with Don Parrott in Phoenix on part two of our website. Go to secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Christian and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. 
Tools and Tips for the Life You Want to Live from Now On with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. Welcome to part two of our show, Second Half Now. This is the second half of Second Half Now. We are dealing with the topic today, when boomers and beyonders get involved, good things happen. Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Lopez-Hogan. This portion is coming to you on the podcast and is only available here online. You won't hear this portion on the radio. So uh, you have found it, and uh, you're in for some good stuff. Uh, if you haven't heard the first part, part one, you may want to go back and hear that one either before or after you listen to this one because uh, we're talking to Don Parrott, and uh, we've got some already some uh, very, very valuable stuff already uh, recorded. And so we're going to move on ahead. On the radio, we have a half-an-hour time slot. Uh, so here we do. We will complete the full hour here. More tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. We're very pleased uh, to welcome as our guest today Don Parrott, connecting with us uh, while in Phoenix. And uh, welcome again, Don. We're glad to have you with us today to discuss the topic: when boomers and beyonders get involved, good things happen. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Privileged to be uh, to be able to speak on this subject. It's a passion of mine. I can tell. <laughs> I want to say hi again, Don, and thank you also. Um, and, but I also want to jump right in because we left off in, in, uh, on the first half of second half now um, with the notion of what the boomer generation can do right now at this stage of life. And I just love what you said about wherever you are, whoever you are, uh, it's no accident that you are where you are at this time, and God will use that. Will you talk to us more about how boomers at this stage of life, where they're at right now, can get involved making a difference right now? Well, um, I can give some examples. Would that be helpful? That'd be fantastic. I'm thinking of a couple actually from the North. I have a couple of them come to mind right from the Northwest. Um, one of them was a couple who... Um, they decided when he retired at 65, and uh, she was um, uh, about the same time uh, retirement, that they were going to um, sell everything, get a fifth wheel, and head to, uh, they'd heard about a, uh, some need for all maintenance and different kinds of help like that around the grounds of a mission headquarters down in the southeast. And they hooked up that fifth wheeler, went down there, and got involved working like crazy, um, just helping them for quite a while. And then a campground heard of these people and uh, invited them to come and do the same thing there. And um, I, I, let me just share with you some of the stuff that um, they have said. I thought this was kind of interesting. Here are the kinds of things that they've gotten involved with in the last few years. Metal fabrication, which he learned because he worked for General Motors. Oh, wow. Okay. Repairing machinery, which his wife learned because she was a mechanic, uh. doing visitor brochures, and his wife um, doing uh, artwork on the computer was a hobby of hers. They helped run the gun range at this camp with trap and skeet, and he's always been an avid hunter, so he was prepared for that. Mm. They cooked for guests and do hospitality, uh, a gift of his wife's. 
they do a lot of teaching classes for children, and both of them were Sunday school teachers, and they were youth leaders um, in their church. And they give horseback rides for handicapped children at that camp and help with the rodeos and the lessons and caring for the horses. Both of them were raised on farms with horses. So, you know, I was talking um, before in the first section about the fact that um, whatever we're doing now, we're also preparing for the future. Those are some real tangible ways those people were being prepared for the future and had no idea. I'm thinking of another woman comes out of Seattle area who was involved in the hotel industry and food service and hospitality. And um, God laid on her heart to go to work with an organization in Africa. And in the course of time, as she was there helping with this, that, and the other thing, it became clear to her that she could set up a training program for young people from some of these small villages in the outlying areas of that country, train them in hospitality services, and they could get jobs in these hotels and restaurants and stuff in some of the cities around the country. That's exactly what she's doing. And, of course, uh, woven through all that is bringing them to Jesus, because they don't have to be a believer to come into the program. Mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic uh, way that she's using uh, her past and also involved in the future. I'm thinking of a couple who were in the lumber uh, industry in the retail side of it uh, in, in, uh, in the Midwest, and God just did a stirring in their heart, and they ended up becoming um, the financial officer and accountant for a stateside mission organization, and there are lots of uh, examples of that sort of thing, of people just taking the skills they learned in their um, marketplace years and doing the same kind of work, but in a a ministry uh, headquarters organization here somewhere in the U.S. Thinking of a lady out of the Midwest who just had a desire to learn Russian, didn't really know why, and then when she got into her later years, saw an opportunity to teach English in Russia oh, and picked up the opportunity. And so it's not just teaching English, of course. This is a, a door, open door to not only teach English, but to share the love of Jesus with these people there in Russia. Um, want some more, or is that enough? You know, that's fantastic. Even just listening, it, it makes me think of examples of folks I've seen in my own community that are doing what you're talking about. For instance, when we go to summer camp with our middle schoolers each year, there's a woman who comes who was and maybe still is a uh, cook in the school's cafeteria. And boy, are we glad that she takes those skills with her to summer camp because it's fantastic the efficiency with which all those kids, and us included, get fed every day. It is a huge part of the success of summer camp, even though she might not even wind up ministering verbally to any of those individuals. Providing that food helps everybody else do what they're there to do. Wow. That's right. That's a significant role. I love these examples, uh, Don, your list of them, and then Denise and I have other in, in my uh, circle of friends and family who are in that same thing. And the illustration is this, that, uh, and goes back to what you laid down a little bit earlier, Don, as a principle, and that is whatever it is that we are doing now, the place we are, the age and stage we are, whatever background, experience, training, any of that, that God will use that very possibly to now 
point us in a direction where we can make use of those very things when we have a little bit more discretionary time and money and when we're starting to look around about what can I do uh, to make a difference. And I so uh, value and appreciate that insight because, um, you know, if, if uh, God tapped me on the shoulder today and said uh, that he wanted uh, me to, to go to Russia and, uh, or go someplace and, and teach some foreign language or do something that was totally out of my circle of experience, I'm, I'm thinking, God, did that, is that really you talking? But he's more likely to, uh, to open up opportunities for us and for our listeners using the very things that he has been building into our lives over these years. I think that's very refreshing and energizing. And I think there's another um, thing that I've seen uh, uh, exemplified a number of times. I wouldn't say it's always this way, but quite often it's baby steps. Yeah. So a person right. saying, okay, what can I do? I'm working full-time, I've got grandkids, or I've got, uh, still got kids at home, whatever. I, can't, I, can't, I really can't do a whole lot more. What can I do? Well, there are local opportunities, um, touching, getting involved with internationals once a week, um, you know, is something. Right, right. What happens with baby, and that's just a, one example. There's, there's a lot of possibilities for baby steps. Um, doesn't mean they're not significant. It just means they're small and don't take as much time. But what happens is it starts to whet your appetite for how, how fulfilling it is to make a difference in somebody else's life. And God uses that sometimes to open the door for something he has that's a bigger role down the road. Absolutely. I think it would be healthy for our listeners to sit down with a uh, pad and pen and start making a list of some things. The things that uh, would come to mind would be what kinds of experiences uh, do you have? What kind of career did you have? What do you enjoy? What do you like doing? And there's a couple of things that, that I have always found as a pastor when I uh, train people and help them find places to plug in two basic criteria. One is your ministry passion. In other words, what is it that you really care about? What kind of need or what kind of person just seems to draw your attention and you really would like to make a difference in the lives of those kinds of people? So make a note of your ministry passion. Where would you like to make a difference? And then the other one, and we don't have time to get into it, but the other one is your spiritual gifting. So we all have a unique set of uh, spiritual gifts that are given by God for us to be actively involved in service and ministry. And when our listeners or any of us uh, can get a handle on those two things, we'll know what God has prepared for us. And uh, at this age and stage, whether we're 50 or 60 or 70 or anywhere in that range as boomers and beyonders, we can say, you know what, I do want to make a difference. And these are some very real practical ways for me to find out what it is that God may just be ready to open the door for me for a period of time yet to come. You know, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, we have found that uh, exact same thing to be true in the events that we do around the country. We do workshops on that, how to discover what your passions are. And uh, we had another one on core values. What are your real mm-hmm. values? Sure, yeah. And then, as you said, spiritual gifting. I, um, but here's another thing we have found, and that is that a lot of people can't just write those down. Uh, and you, you say, what are your values, your core values? It's like, well, um, um, I have to think about that for a while. <laughs> right. And what are your passions? Well, I need to think about that. I'm not quite sure. How do I define that? And what are my spiritual gifts? I don't know. All that, I'm, what I'm leading up to saying, Dan and Denise, is this. If you don't already have it, I would encourage you to find some um, helpful, practical tools that you could put on your website and direct people to them, because that will really help. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, discover your passion, 
But if you can give a tool that they could go through and help them identify that and promote discussion on those three areas of gifting, values, and passions. Absolutely. Uh, that'd be a real practical step to help people take that those initial steps in, in seeing what maybe God has for their future. You know, I really appreciate that suggestion, Don, as a psychologist and working with high school, I'm sorry, college students in particular, uh, helping them identify their core values is such an important piece to helping them recognize what their identity is, what makes them different than other people. And I certainly um, believe also that helping them identify those places where they already have giftings is it is very powerful and and like you say unfortunately i think a lot of us 50 somethings don't have a real handle on those things as well and so one of the things i find really encouraging about talking with you today is that if folks will start diving into this idea and believing that God really does have something for them to do right now, it will be it will be such an encouragement to them if they're at that 50s stage in life where they're wondering, do I matter? What has my what mm-hmm. has my life been all about? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's something that I certainly see in in our generation is people who have that drive for significance but haven't seen it fulfilled. You know, that's an interesting point, because as you were saying that, I was thinking, we as God's children, as Christ followers, we will give an account for our lives. But that isn't necessarily just on Judgment Day. It could be like right now. And it doesn't have to be a doom and gloom. It's like saying, um, I can survey my life right now, and God asks me to give an account for where I am and what I'm doing and what I'm going to do. And I think that's very uh, consistent with the uh, mind and spirit of a Christ follower that says, I want to honor him, I want to help people, I want to be a part of the action, I want to be uh, about what God is doing. And so I I give an account, I should be mindful of that, giving an account of my life every day. Don, I want to go back to thank you very much for your suggestion about the uh, tools on the website. We will uh, definitely pursue that, and as our web builder uh, continues his work, we're going to be able to put some of those things on there, because I will say that that is at the core of the very purpose and mission of this radio program. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Good. and the sponsors that uh, help make it possible, that's what they want to see happen, whether they're dealing with finances or real estate or health or whatever else, but it's all about helping the boomer and beyonder be situated in such a way that they can take the, away the distractions and the burdens and everything else that sometimes we bring upon ourselves and to equip and empower them to actually be actively involved in God's kingdom work now. That's a great value, and that's exactly what we want to be about. And since I still have the floor, <laughs> if I don't pause too much and someone doesn't <laughs> jump in. I might. So, Don, uh, do you have anything off the top or on, on your notes that you could suggest that we would look into in terms of some assessment tools or some discovery tools that would be relevant and appropriate for us? Oh, boy. You know what? <laughs> you caught me off guard on, on suggesting those. Okay. Well, okay. You... Uh, we, we do workshops in our event. Right. But I never do those on the, after the subject, so nothing's come to my head right away. I do know, though, that... Um, Ah, uh, the name's escaping me. 
Uh, I don't want to waste our time here on trying to remember. Um, well, why don't you just send me? The people that did the uh, five uh, love languages, five appreciation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the workplace and right. stuff. They have some stuff related to that. But, Good. you know, if I were starting, I would do what everybody else does. i just Google and say, um, you know, uh, passion uh, quizzes or surveys or questions right. or whatever, that kind of stuff. And it doesn't take long to find them. Um, I've found in the past way too many. Some of them aren't very good. Some of them are. Um, uh, the other thing is, Denise, just because of your field of study, you might be uh, one to quickly be able to find and ferret out um, some good tools uh, for those particular areas. There are a lot of them on spiritual gifts, too. My counsel on the spiritual gifts one would be to keep it simple. Some of them are too right. complicated, and people get discouraged, right. and um, they have so many nuances that you don't come out of it really feeling good. And I just say to people, you know, do one that's simpler and more direct and black and white, and if your heart's right, don't worry. Just keep, just do what you think that that's what the Spirit of God says to you, and He will speak to you through that rather right. than getting too... Um, too much in your head. Exactly. I think that's excellent advice because I find that when people lean into the things that they have already seen themselves do successfully in their lives, that's really where they start to get in touch with what their strengths and gifts are. And then if they find, a, uh, like you said, a, a, a simple spiritual gifts inventory, and I don't know, I, I play around in the field of assessment a lot, so I may, be, I may be calling something simple that's more complicated. But in our own area, Don Hohensee's spiritual gifts inventory is fantastic. I don't know that there's a Good. web-based version of it. But, uh, yeah, right, they're all a good starting point, and you have to remember, you're the one answering the question, so it's really a way for you to have a conversation with you and with, yeah. and with God, who when you actually ask him to help you in the process, he'll speak and help mm -hmm. you confirm those, those feelings inside of you that nudge you one direction right. versus another. Right, and it's so liberating and empowering to find what is in you already and to be able to actively use those things as your strengths. I have an announcement about that very thing that I'm going to share right after the break, so don't go away. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step -step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. 
Life is a journey and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland, Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. I just want to say that we so much appreciate our sponsors. They're the ones that make this uh, program possible. They're the ones that make it possible for us to uh, talk to folks like Don Parrott in Phoenix, which we are doing right now, and all of our programs and all of our shows. So the two sponsors that you heard the spots for just now, Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services, we love these people and we encourage you uh, to give them a call and find out what they have to offer. This is uh, quality, value, high integrity. We highly recommend them. In addition to them, we also have sponsors, uh, 24-7 Properties, 180 Cash Flow Strategies, Northwest Web Construction Company, and our two good partners uh, in the Portland Metro here area here, uh, Warner Pacific College and Multnomah University. So we're uh, uh, getting back to our discussion. In fact, uh, time is uh, running down, and we're going to have to wrap up here pretty soon. But we're talking to Don Parrott. Uh, has been for years and years helping people plug into meaningful ministries and has been around the world and has uh, led organizations and has uh, executive uh, experience. But I bet, uh, Don, that you've also uh, have pushed a broom or two in some of your <laughs> responsibilities when that's what <laughs> needed to be done. Is that right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. You know what I love about listening to Don's intro is... Um, it's the the big steps <laughs> when when we have that scripture, the Lord lights a lamp unto our feet. Um, some of the steps that you have taken are are very big. You have had uh, large roles in in your life. But what I also appreciate about what you're saying is that there's ample opportunity for people to have big roles but take little steps. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, um, I, 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 I'm not sure how much time we have, but um, just to jump on something that I heard referred to a couple of times earlier by both of you, and that is people that maybe saying, gee, has my life really counted up to this point? Um, I think one of the things that's good for us to remember is that we live in a certain kind of age where um, uh, things are so visible with the Internet. And um, popularity um, on certain things can happen so fast and we come out of a generation where the big thing was to be to be the number one leader or um, make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so there are several things like this that we kind of, without even thinking about it, um, compare ourselves with those and say, gee, what have I done? Right. And I just want us to remember um, that that's not what it's all about when you're following Jesus. And, you know, in this world, 
Um, people judge by what is seen and the results, but God judges by what is unseen and our motives. Mm, right. And I just want to encourage people to remember that's who we're serving. And um, all of that will come to light someday in his presence. And to remember, too, that um, we're to be faithful in whatever role he gives us. It doesn't matter how many other people know about our faithfulness. Right, right. It matters that he knows. But I pray that God would give each of us, the three of us on the, uh, on the program right now, as well as all of our listeners, a deep desire and a longing to hear those final words, those welcoming words, when Jesus will say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, Don, um, let me ask this question. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to pastors and ministry leaders about the resource that they have in the boomers in their church or in their ministry organization? We are not washed up. We're not finished. Even if we're 65 or 70 or 75 or 80, what would you say to pastors and ministry leaders about the power and the resource that they have in us folks? One of the things I've noticed in talking with pastors and church leaders around the country um, when I really started delving into this whole boomer thing was that a lot of them felt like the boomers were checked out yeah, and just were not engaged anymore. Yeah. And so one of the things I think is helpful for pastors to understand is um, that's not necessarily true in terms of their heart motives, but it may be in terms of their activity level, not because they're old and tired, but because the kind of things that the church is asking for is not really in their wheelhouse. And they are looking for something, and they hear things that really um, correlate with their passions and values, even if they can't verbally articulate those right. very quickly. And so I'm saying to pastors and church leaders, you need to um, take the initiative to talk with these people and find out what their passions and interests are. There's a kind of a principle I think we need to be careful of, and that sometimes in, in church we use people to um, run our programs. And so as long as we're keeping all the cogs filled and people here and there, um, so that the machinery runs well, then we think we're doing a good job of pastoring or right. of leading. Right. We may be burning people out, they may last for a short period of time because it's not really in their gifting or their areas of interest. Exactly. And I'm saying, use the programs to develop people, not the people to develop the programs. And build into people, find out what there is, take the initiative and talk to them. This boomer generation is huge and wants to make a difference, but we have to speak to them in language that they understand. Wow. So. Um, it's not the same as when they were in their 20s and 30s and 40s raising families. They have a different mindset now. And what's happened with a lot of our churches is the pastoral staff are younger people. I'm all for that. No problem with that. But those younger people need to also learn how to communicate with people that are a little older and, and uh, not just the other way around. Oh, Don, you are, you are singing my tune. I'm here. Oh. <laughs> you can't see me. I'm going, yes, to Dan. Yes. Absolutely right. And one of the one of the things that you said that particularly resonates with me is whether we're talking about our young people who are volunteering to help out in our churches or our older older folks in our generation. The job of our pastoral teams is to shepherd them. It's to be yes. their pastors to find out what wh- how God has gifted them, and then put that to work in His in his kingdom. And one of the things that those in our older generation, this, our generation and older have to give that they don't recognize Mm, that it's precious is simply spending time with the, with the younger ones in the church, 
give some time away and it's amazing how much that is appreciated by this well, the younger ones coming up well what a surprise it goes back to the whole discipling <laughs> right. concept of jesus Institute. exactly I mean, that's just another way of talking about it that's right in the right. lives of other people we call it mentoring now but it's really making disciples that's right exactly and that is a good place for us to wrap it up here we are out of time but don i just want to thank you again so much for taking the time to share with us these uh, just powerful insights and stories people that you know people that you have told us about and all the principles and the biblical uh, foundation and all that stuff that we've covered uh, today. Thank you again very much for being well, with us today. You're very welcome. Absolutely. And I just congratulate you guys on doing this kind of a program. I Excellent. think it's very good. Thank you. And we want our listeners to uh, remember that you can go to secondhalfnow.com. You can hear all of the programs, <coughs> excuse me, and you can also fill out a contact form on the website, give us feedback, ask questions. <coughs> Uh, ask us to get in touch with anybody that you would like to so that we can provide those things for you. And so, folks, that is our program for today. We want to encourage you to tune in every Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. for the on-air portion. And then that's part one. And then part two, available 24-7 on the website, secondhalfnow.com. So uh, lots of bells and whistles coming on that uh, website. And so keep checking back. It's uh, kind of ready for company now, uh, but it's getting a whole lot better. Thank you, folks, for listening today, because together we are building a valuable resource for all of us. Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders, tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with co-host Denise, Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now, and seriously, God bless you, and may he bless you with a life that honors him and bless blesses others. Let's meet again next Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330, The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.